Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. Twitter is dead. Not literally. The website and its associated mobile app are still very much functioning. But it's not called Twitter anymore. Its new owner, Elon Musk, over the weekend, rebranding it as X. And we no longer tweet, we X, sending Xs. The response to the change has been varied. Some say it brings the social media platform into line with Musk's other businesses and makes it now completely his. Others say it's the final nail in the formerly Twitter coffin. Today, we look at whether Elon Musk killed Twitter and why this rebrand might be more than a pretty new logo. But first, in news headlines for Thursday, July 27. Irish singer-songwriter Sinead O'Connor, whose song Nothing Compares to You hit the top of the charts in the 1990s, has passed away aged 56. The singer's family released a statement saying it is with great sadness that we announce the passing of our beloved Sinead. Her family and friends are devastated and have requested privacy at this very difficult time. Her cause of death hasn't been revealed. Her passing comes a year after the death of her son Shane, who took his own life at age 17. In her last post on Twitter, O'Connor posted a photo of her son saying she had been living as an undead night creature since, saying he was the love of my life, the lamp of my soul. Human remains have been found in the search for missing Tasmanian teenager Cheyenne Lee Tatnell. Police are yet to confirm if the remains belong to the 14-year-old who was last seen in Launceston on April 30, but the Northern Tasmanian District Commander in charge of the search last night said it is with a heavy heart that she confirms remains had been located, and while they haven't been forensically confirmed, they are believed to be human and that they are in contact with Cheyenne Lee's family. Police say they're following a specific line of inquiry at this time but have laid no charges. There's a very good chance interest rates won't go up again next week, with inflation coming in lower than expected this month. The latest consumer price index from the Australian Bureau of Statistics rose 0.8% in the second quarter, the smallest rise since the third quarter of 2021, and under the forecasts, which had it pinned at 1%. In the first quarter of this year, it was one4 These new numbers have dropped the probability of another rate rise from 50% to just over 30 In May, the Reserve Bank had predicted inflation to be at 6.3% for the June year. It's now at 6%. Hollywood actor Kevin Spacey has been found not guilty by a jury of nine counts of sexual assault. 
Almost six years after the allegations against the now 64-year-old started to emerge, Spacey stood in the UK court just 12 hours after the jury retired to consider a verdict and was told they had found him not guilty of sexually assaulting four men between 2001 and 2013. Spacey told reporters outside the court he was humbled by the outcome, saying there was a lot for him to process and that he was enormously grateful to the jury for taking the time to examine all the evidence. Aussie swimmer Molly O'Callaghan has broken one of the last remaining women's world records set during the supersuit era. The 200-metre freestyle record had been held since 2009 by Italian Federica Pellegrini at 1 minute 52.98, set at the World Championships in Rome. But last night at the same event in Japan, O'Callaghan set a new record, coming in at 1 minute 52.85, shaving 0.13 off the record time. O'Callaghan, who was dealing with a knee injury in the lead-up to the race, said she was really nervous beforehand and didn't expect this outcome, but that it was incredible and she's excited to see what else she can do. That's your latest news headlines in a moment. Today's Deep Dive. Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move, and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. Let's be honest, most people don't use Twitter, and those who do use it don't even use it that often. But since its creation in 2006, it quickly became the public square, where politicians announced their platforms and policies, where journalists broke stories, and celebrities discussed their latest projects. It became a valuable tool in uprisings, able to share information to a world who could then disseminate their message more widely giving the oppressed a voice through riots, hostile takeovers and political protest. It became where elections were debated, where presidential candidates showed their true colours. And it also became toxic. Twitter pylons became the norm and people became more divided, especially through the pandemic and the already apparent drift of the left and right became a chasm. The more extremist personalities were banned from the platform, but their bans would reverse when new owner Elon Musk bought the platform for $44 billion. Since taking over in 2022, he's fired the majority of the staff, changed the blue checkmark system that used to show which public figures were verified users, replacing it with a subscription version at $8 a month. These accounts are now given priority in people's timelines. He ran a poll, asking if he should step down from running the platform, which returned a resounding yes response. But he remains at the helm. He tried to label news accounts with state-funded media and suspended nine prominent journalists from the platform for retweeting the Elon Jet account, which follows his private plane. He's also killed links between Twitter and its competitors like Mastodon. Then, this week, the iconic bluebird of Twitter disappeared. 
replaced with a white X on a black background. Not long after Musk had posted, soon we shall bid adieu to the Twitter brand and gradually all the birds. Musk has been using the X brand since he launched an online financial services company, also called X, 23 years ago. That company merged with another called Confinity and would later become PayPal. When the merged owners fell out, Musk lost the X.com domain. But he bought it back from PayPal in 2017 for an undisclosed amount. And he now uses X to brand much of his business pursuits. The company's CEO, Linda Yaccarino, tweeted, It's an exceptionally rare thing in life or in business that you get a second chance to make another big impression. Twitter made one massive impression and changed the way we communicate. Now X will go further, transforming the global town square. But others believe that this move will actually kill the town square, leaving just Musk fans in their right-leaning X echo chamber. Cam Wilson is Crikey's associate editor and has written about Elon Musk and his businesses. Cam, the first question we have to ask is, why drop the bird? (laughs) That's a great question. And even understanding and reading some of the things that Elon Musk has said, I'm not sure I entirely get it. But what we saw over the weekend was that as part of the range of changes that Elon Musk has made during his just about 10-month tenure at Twitter, is that he has gotten rid of the name Twitter, he has gotten rid of the bird that is so recognisable to instead replace it with the letter X. Why X? Well, I mean, he has had a long fascination with the letter X. He tried to change the name of PayPal, which was the company that he started in the late 90s that earned him when it was eventually sold to eBay, his first hundred million. So really part of his origin story. He tried to change the name of that to X.com at the time. You know, X is in SpaceX. It's the name of one of his Teslas. It's something that he has a fascination with. And, you know, it's fitting that since he's taken over Twitter, he's made a lot of changes to the platform that really seem to be mostly about satisfying his own needs rather than user base, changing to X is one of those edicts. Now, it's funny you bring up PayPal there because from what we're hearing from reports is that he wants to change X into something similar to what they have in China, the WeChat app. To those who have had no exposure to WeChat and what it can do, what is the difference between what it does and what X currently does? Yeah, so they're very different. Twitter as uh, X, whatever you want to call it, uh, I'm still getting used to it, as you can hear, <laughs> is a social media platform. And it really has, you know, its value has been that it's mostly text is real time. And despite the fact it's only ever really had a couple hundred million users compared to something like Facebook, which has billions, Instagram, which has a billion Twitter has really had a bigger cultural impact than it actually has in terms of having a wide user base. WeChat, on the other hand, is a kind of ubiquitous app that's used in China that includes social media, but also includes, you know, everything from, you know, entertainment, things streamed through it. So, you know, think about it as almost including something like Netflix. And as well, and this is the big part, it's really inbuilt to the financial system there. And so people use it as a payment app. So, I mean, there's Beam in Australia or Venmo in the US, you know, that's kind of equivalent. We don't really have that here because unlike other countries in Australia, it's much easier to transfer to bank to bank. But, you know, in China, people use WeChat to do everything from, you know, schedule a doctor's appointment or to pay their rent. And the reason this is so appealing to someone like Elon Musk is that 
you know, if you're part of all these processes, not only are you widely used, very popular, very hard to get rid of, but also as a kind of middleman between all these utilities, you can take, you know, a couple of percent off the top and make a lot of money from that. You know, you take a percentage of every transaction. And so as a result, WeChat in China is enormously profitable. Twitter has never been very profitable. And since Elon Musk took it over and in doing so, he saddled it actually with some of the debt that it cost to buy the company in the first place. It's very unprofitable. So he's probably looking at them saying, I love for X or Twitter to make money like WeChat does. Is this a case of breaking the brand down to rebuild it again? And is there a space where you break it down too far for it to recover? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, you know, my uneducated opinion on this is that Twitter as a brand, despite the fact that it's not, as I said before, widely used, is very, very well known. You know, you hear people say someone tweeted something, you know, as a verb. When you get to that level, when someone uses, you know, the name of your service as a word, you know, you're probably doing really well. People might, you know, notice even if they're not a Twitter user, you might be driving around and you see on storefronts or on cars, the Twitter logo. It's extremely well known, even if a lot of people aren't necessarily users. Changing it to X does seem... (laughs) kind of ill-advised. I mean, one, getting rid of all the branding that's associated with Twitter. Now, I know it hasn't always had the best reputation. You know, people might know in the past it's, you know, had problems with things like extreme kind of content on there. It's very political, like it's very heated, but changing over something new also doesn't really make much sense. And I saw it was pointed out by Bloomberg's Matt Levine, who's a writer there who writes on all kind of finance things. And he pointed out, well, you know, Elon Musk, he took over Twitter he laid off a lot of its staff. He has all the time said that the code, so, you know, the software that it takes to run it is really poorly run. And now he's getting rid of the branding as well. You know, the question is, what actually did he want to buy for $44 billion? What was actually worth, you know, showing out an enormous amount of his money, even for the man who was formerly the world's richest man? What was it worth giving all that money for if every part of it he seems to either get rid of or doesn't have a very high opinion of? You mentioned earlier how he's kind of making changes that seem to be more in his own sort of personal opinion and space rather than for the greater good. Is this rebrand, especially for something like X, it's a very masculine looking logo, a very masculine sounding brand. Is this leaning into his fan base that he's kind of creating on this platform? Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably the most generous way of looking at it. You know, the logo, people might not have seen it, but going from the like Twitter logo, which is this kind of paley blue and very bright to this like black background, X, which is very basic and white and kind of almost has like a scratched effect over it. It kind of looks like people have said the neon sign for a gentleman's bar or maybe the logo of like a science fiction company. It really does kind of fit in with his aesthetic. And, you know, some people have said, you know, we spoke before about his idea of transforming the company into something greater. You know, that's kind of been a project that he's had for a while, even before he owned Twitter. He spoke about doing it with Tesla as well. But really, you know, it seems as if he's kind of taken over a company that he loves to use. You know, he loves the Twitter product. It was his tweets were crucial to kind of bring him into the public consciousness as this kind of, you know, genius inventor, but also a kind of every man who can do memes, but also also, you know, run companies, send rocket ships into space. 
he's kind of now he's in charge of it seems to be really changing it into his own image and if you're most generous you might say well you know he's trying to court he has a very big fan base the problem is that i don't think it's necessarily working we've seen advertisers flee the platform he's introduced or tried to at least emphasize a paid subscription service but that hasn't really gained that many subscribers so he's lost a lot of money for advertising he hasn't made it up from subscribers and we've kind of seen him you know initially when he took over he said there's a lot of people on the platform now more than ever he stopped talking about that and i'm pretty sure we can presume that's because we've seen a drop off in users you know third-party services that monitor these things also said we're seeing less traffic to twitter things aren't going well and so even as he's kind of pivoting into saying you know my fans let's make this into the app for them maybe it have a broader appeal i think the results are showing that actually he's limiting the appeal particularly as we're seeing competitors like meta formerly known as facebook their coin of it called threads which launched and got you know more than 100 million users in a single week, making it the fastest growing social network ever, or Blue Sky or Mastodon, you know, there's a whole bunch that have emerged out of this. All of a sudden, since he's taken over, this platform has gone from being, you know, while maybe not used by every single person, certainly the place that a lot of celebrities are there, journalists are there, that kind of thing. It now seems like while he may have brought in some of his fans, a lot of the people who made the platform so appealing, the users, seem to be looking for the exits, and there's more exits than ever. Elon Musk has cemented himself as well and truly in the eccentric billionaires club with his decisions regarding the platform formerly known as Twitter. But his behaviour when he found out that Mark Zuckerberg's meta was launching threads sent that eccentricity into overdrive. Last month, Musk challenged Zuckerberg, tweeting, sorry, Xing, I'm up for a cage fight if he is. Zuckerberg responded on Instagram, posting a screenshot of the tweet, sorry, X, with the caption, send me the location. While there was a lot of talk about it actually happening, Zuckerberg studies a martial art which would have come in handy if it did, after Threads launched and signed up more than 100 million accounts in less than a week, Musk shifted gears, posting, I propose a literal dick measuring contest. As of this podcast going to air, Zuckerberg has yet to respond to the proposal. The Quickie is produced by myself, Claire Murphy, and our executive producer, Callie Borg, with audio production by Tom Lyon. 